Welcome to Grafted In. In this episode, I was going to tell you the greatest Christmas story never told. So what do you mean, the greatest Christmas story never told? Well, let me explain. Everyone's heard the Christmas story about the baby Jesus, and but there are some things that have never been told to us before and that's what I'm going to go over and, and explore with you and, and give you a different perspective and, and look at things in a different way through a Jewish kind of lens. Alright, let's just start out from the very beginning, shall we? Alright, everyone knows, if you ask, okay, where was Jesus born? Everybody will say, Bethlehem. And that is correct, because as a child growing up, you sing all the traditional Christmas songs, you know, born, born, oh, born in Bethlehem. Yet said, everybody knows that. But do they really know it? And what I mean by that is, if you look at the word Bethlehem from a Hebrew perspective, what does the word mean? Everything in Hebrew means something. Every word means something. So Bethlehem has to mean something. And it is actually contrived of two words, Beth and Lechem. Beth means house of, and Lechem means bread. And you say, okay. All right, let's walk with this a little bit further. In the book of John, Jesus refers to himself as the bread of life. Hmm. So wait a minute, you're telling me that Jesus, referring to himself as the bread of life, was born in the house of bread. Are you starting to make the connection now? Are you starting to see this? Because I've always wondered, why was Jesus not born in Jerusalem? I mean, everything happened in Jerusalem. Because he had to be born in Bethlehem. The Bread of life had to be born in the house of bread. And, and I'll show you a little bit more and expose a little bit more, a little on down in this podcast, but just let that sink in for a second. And going back to those traditional Christmas carols and songs that we've always sung as a child, uh, one of them, you know, away in a manger, no crib for bed and all this. Well... That's not really historically correct. <laughs> Manger, no. If you really go back to Israel and to Bethlehem nowadays, you'll notice that it is very likely that Jesus was not born in a per se manger, but he was actually born in a cave. You say a cave? Yes, a cave because the shepherds there in Bethlehem would make uh, places in a cave to where the newborn sheep would be born in, in a cave. It's, it's a more controlled atmosphere. And, and so was he born in a manger? It's probably a little bit more like, like you would say a feeding trough. And wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now, there is a very big and important piece of information. Everyone's heard he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. And they say, yeah, okay, and then they go on. 
But no, 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 no. There's more to that than we realize. And that's what I'm going to explain. Wrapped in swaddling clothes. A shepherd would know exactly what that means. When you have a newborn sheep, they wrap that sheep in swaddling clothes, wrap them tight, so that way that newborn does not get hurt or injured or anything like that. So, Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes, just like a newborn sheep. And I'll give a little bit more to that in just a minute. I want to get to the shepherds, though. I, I want to just go straight into the shepherds here. The, the shepherds, you know, the story of the shepherds, we, we don't fully understand. We, we just think it's a little shepherd boys, and the angel appears to them, and so on and so forth. And that's not really what happened. And, and I'm, I'm going to read exactly what happened. If you'll notice in Luke chapter 2, uh, it shows everything that I just said, that Mary and Joseph were on their way to Jerusalem uh, for the register. Everybody had to be registered, kind of a census. And so they were on their way to Jerusalem, but obviously didn't make it. They stopped at Bethlehem. Now, it says... Uh, Joseph, because he was a descendant of David, went up to the town of Nazareth to Galilee to the town of David and called Bethlehem in Judea to be registered with Miriam, or what we would say Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was pregnant. Now while they were there, the time had came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to the first child, a son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a feeding trough because there was no place for them in the living quarters. So here he receives wrapped in swaddling clothes. All right, so let's get on to the shepherds here. Continuing on in uh, verse 8, it says, In the countryside nearby were some shepherds spending the night in the fields guarding their flocks. When an angel of Adonai appeared to them and said, and, and the Shekinah, or the uh, glory of God, shone all around them, they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, because I am here announcing to you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. This very day, in the town of David, there was born for you a deliverer whose name is the Messiah, the Lord, the Mashiach. Here is how you will know. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and swaddling clothes, lying in a feeding trough. Suddenly, along with the angel, was a vast army from heavenly hosts praising God. In the highest heavens, glory to God, and on earth, peace on earth, goodwill to men. No sooner had the angels left them and gone back into heaven than the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem, and see this thing that has happened that Adonai has told us about. All right, so let's stop there and, and look at this logically for just a minute and talk about these shepherds. All right, 
we're, we're going to pause here and let me just say that there were many, many, many priests in Jerusalem and priests, different priests had different jobs or obligations, if you will. Some of them, the obligations were inside uh, the temple. Some of them uh, would light the menorah. Some of them would do the table of showbread. Some of them would do the sacrifices on the altar of sacrifice. And a lot of them, a lot of them were chosen or designated to be the worship leader. And what I mean by that is they're the ones that had all the instruments and shouted and praised and and let all that. That's what I mean by worship leaders. And some of them, here we are, going back to the story, some of them were shepherds. And you say, wait a minute, priests as shepherds? Yes. All right, here comes the tie-in. Here comes the parts that we never seen before. Think about it. Jesus, the bread of life, was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread, in a place. Bethlehem is the only place in the whole world, that's right, the world, where the Passover lamb could come from to be sacrificed on Passover in the temple. All right, one more time. Bethlehem was the only place that the Passover perfect lamb could come from to be sacrificed in Jerusalem in the temple. So Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, was born in the only place in the whole wide world that the perfect Lamb sacrifice could come from. I'm going to prove it to you. So the lambs that were offered at the temple as sacrifices had to be inspected by priests. There, the perfect lamb was expect, inspected three times by the priests uh, before it was sacrificed. And it came from Bethlehem. So now you have these shepherds, or now you know them as priests, because these priests were watching these lambs so they could inspect them and grow them to be sacrifices and offered in the temple. So now then, all of this is going to make more sense now that you know that these men are not really shepherd shepherds, but they're priests. Because why would the angel appear to just plain old ordinary boy shepherds in a field? The shepherds were priests. So the angel appeared to the priests so that when they said, the sign will be, he will be wrapped in swaddling clothes. Obviously, as a shepherd, you know what that means. But a priest would also know that that means that that is the perfect lamb being wrapped. So it would be guarded from any stain. So it would be guarded from any injury. So it would be guarded so it would be perfect. Who else would know this more than a priest who inspects those lambs. So are you seeing now that the, these shepherds were priests? And when the angels uh, started singing glory to God in the highest, well, priests knew what that was because there was a bunch of them, hundreds of them, that were 
designated to be just that. Uh, and, and so suddenly this makes more sense that these priests were shepherds. And do you remember where Jesus said that uh, he left the 90 and 9 to go seek the one? Here we have this story here in Luke chapter 2. The angel comes and visits the, the shepherds, the priests, and says, hey, look, he's here, he's born, he's born this night, go see him. And guess what the shepherds did, the priests did? They left their sheep and went to go see the one. <laughs> Do you see the correlation? You see the same thing over and over. And, and wow, and, and you see it from a different lens now. <laughs> So that was Luke chapter 2. Now, one more thing I want to, to, to show is not only were these, these shepherds priests and, and they knew what was going on and, and they knew about the swaddling clothes and they knew that this was going to be the perfect Lamb of God. Now, does that sound familiar? Say yes. This was also... In Matthew chapter 2 about the wise men or the magi whatever you want to call it, whatever term you want to use they also had a similar uh, situation a similar story where they left to come and see the Christ child that has been born everybody's heard that story yes um, but there's one thing I want to bring out. Of course, we remember a Christmas song, carols, whatever he had. We three kings of Orient are. Yeah, everybody says the three kings. I'm going to say that um, it's just not found in the Bible. The number three is what I'm talking about. Obviously, the Magi or the wise men, whatever you want to call them, yes. But it does not say anywhere in the Bible that there were three of them. And I'm going to uh, go, gonna explain this just a little bit further. Um, there was probably a band of them, a band meaning uh, a bunch of them, because um, I have been to those parts of Israel. Uh, I have visited down by uh, Bethlehem in the fields where the shepherds were. And I've been to Samaria and Judea and all those places. And those places were not very safe. If you read uh, in the New Testament the parable of the Good Samaritan, well, you'll understand why it's not safe to travel by yourself because it says robbers and thieves jumped them and beat them up and so on and so forth. So it is safer to travel in numbers. So I'm going to say that these magi, wise men, where you would call them, traveled in a band together so that it would be safer. So nowhere in the Bible does it say there was three of them. I'm saying that there was more of them because it was safer that way. Now, in Matthew chapter 2, it says, uh, After Yeshua, Jesus, was born in Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, during the time when King Herod was king, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? For we saw a star in the east and have come 
to worship him. All right, hold on. You're going to notice important things here. They asked King Herod, hey, where is this newborn king of the Jews? So immediately they recognized him as king of the Jews. And that's important because when we look at what they brought to baby Jesus, it'll make more sense. Now, we're, we're going to go on and, and skip down to, to verse 9 here. It says, It says, After they listened to the king, they went away, and the star which they had seen in the east went in front of them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Upon entering the house, they saw the child with his mother Miriam, Mary, and they fell down, prostrated themselves before him, and worshipped him. Then they opened their bags and presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now everybody's heard that story where they're the wise men or the magi gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But have you ever asked yourself why those three things specifically? Remember I keep telling you that everything here in the Bible is very specific and there's a meaning behind it. And we've heard this through ages and ages and ages, growing up hearing this story, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But what was the significance of it? All right, you remember a little bit further up where it says they asked King Herod, where is the king of the Jews that has been born? So immediately they recognized him as king. Gold, if you look at the tabernacle and the temple, signifies deity or kingship, royalty. So when you bring gold you are acknowledging the deity, the kingship. So they brought gold to baby Jesus, recognize him as deity and as a king. Now, before I go any further, um, Jesus was after the order of Melchizedek, which is a totally different uh, teaching, which I'll get into later. But he, Jesus, was after the order of Melchizedek, being he was prophet, priest, and king. Prophet, priest, and king. All right, now let's continue. Kingship was gold. The frankincense was for the priesthood. Because if you look in the tabernacle, the priest put frankincense in front of the table of showbread, the bread. You say, wait, 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 wait. Did you get that connection? Did you get that connection? And we went through Bethlehem, Bethlehem, house of bread. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. When you go to the table of showbread, the bread, frankincense was put in front of it by the priests. Frankincense was showing priesthood, service from a priest. Myrrh, all right, the third thing mentioned gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Obviously, then, the last one being a prophet. Myrrh was showing that 
Jesus was a prophet. So there you have these three things that the Magi presented, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, showing the uh, service of Jesus after the order of Melchizedek being prophet, priest, and king. Are you seeing the connections here? <laughs> are you seeing these things for the first time? Are, 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 I know it's kind of difficult to take it all in, and it's like, wow, I, I never really saw it in that way. And, and I completely understand I'm in that same boat. But when you start looking at these things, it, things make more sense, and they come alive, and you, you, you get a bigger and deeper sense of appreciation and love of who Jesus is, who Jesus was, and how God orchestrated all this and set it up so perfectly in every little detail. Every word means something, points to something, and shows who Jesus is. Everything from where he was born, how he was born, the star shining to show the way, and I haven't even gotten into that. Uh, being the bread of life, uh, frankincense before the table of show bread, and the priests, were, the shepherds were actually priests, and, and the magi, the wise men coming from the east, uh, gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh, showing he was a prophet, priest, and king. And this is only the beginning. <laughs> this is only a small taste of what I was talking about, how things that we never really saw in the story of the baby Jesus, the birth of Jesus, the things that never really brought out, that I'm glad that I'm now discovering and seeing, and I'm hoping that you are too. So now when you look at Christmas and you look at the birth of Jesus, I want you to look at it in a totally different way, a, a deeper understanding, appreciation, and, and glory to Jesus that is just amazing when you start diving in and looking at it through a Jewish lens or a Jewish perspective. So I hope you've enjoyed that. And thank you for listening to this podcast on Grafted In.